Hello, you're listening to Idiotcast, Season 8, Episode 23, Sacrifice. What must Sam, Dean, and Castiel sacrifice to seal the gates of hell? With Kevin's help, the Winchester brothers have one last play against Crowley. Also joined at the top, you heard uh, one of our experts, Bianca. Hello. Also joined by another one of our experts, Annie. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. And we've got Yvette, another newbie. Hey, y'all. And special guest, Megan. Hey, guys. Hello. Uh, Megan, have you ever done any work in podcasting before? I have not. Oh, podcast newbie. Yeah. But a, right. but a supernatural expert, right? Yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> in, the con- in the context. I was, of... I was kind of Bianca's supernatural mama. All right. Cool. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, my friend who was like, yeah, you should keep watching. Like, keep watching. <laughs> you know, and, um, and then I did. So, it's just uh, a slow period. It will get better, I swear. <laughs> I promise, I swear. <laughs> yeah, so um, now uh, Megan has kind of passed the baton onto me being an expert, and I've been in, we've been in touch, and I'm like, ah, now I see why you responded the way you did when I sent you all those wild predictive texts <laughs> of me reacting to things. There's just nothing you can really say. So. Right. Well, should we get into the summary? I grabbed it from SupernaturalWiki.com. It looks fairly, not too unwieldy, but uh, we yeah, can, it's we can a pretty hefty episode, so I feel like that's okay. fair. Yeah, discuss through some uh, some happenings and uh, talk about them amongst ourselves, obviously. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Sheriff Mills is on a date with a man that she thinks is named Roderick, but it's actually Crowley. Uh, they've apparently been uh, corresponding online for a while. How Worst hot was Crowley ever, in that scene? <laughs> he was very charming. I couldn't remember if if we had like seen them interact before or not. I was like, wait, is this a surprise or is this an allusion to something else? But um, it's just like a continuation of what we were seeing in the last episode. So yes. The two get along great, and Crowley claims to have also lost someone special, reminding Jody of the deaths of her son and husband. And to start crying, she goes to the bathroom to calm down, but falls under a spell. Crowley casts, causes her to choke on her own blood, and announces to her there is a hex bag in her handbag. Hex bag in the handbag. Yay. All right, I know this is super obvious time, but like, who is this woman? I know I've seen her before. 
<laughs> well, this is the, sher- the sheriff of uh, Sioux Falls. Okay, so she was the Lady Bone and Bobby. Got it. Yeah, and also the little flashback she has is part of one of the earlier episodes. Um, yeah, when all, when all the dead were coming back and her, so her uh, son. Son, yeah. Yeah, she'd, she'd lost her son and um, he came back and Sam and Dean were like, mm, your son's not really him. So. And her zombie son killed her husband. Yes. Ooh, it is like y'all are telling me a story I have never heard of. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but that's okay. It doesn't matter. Bobby Good. was never your strong suit, so. <laughs> Certainly not. I'm really bad just like at recognizing, like, if I've watched a show before and I go back and watch it again, it's like I never even saw those episodes. Like, there's certain episodes of Buffy that, like, I'll watch and I'm like, have I seen this? When I've watched the whole show through, like, five times. So, <laughs> It's like it's always brand new to me. It's great. There you go. It's always refreshing. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Sheriff Mills is definitely Bobby adjacent. So. Uh... Yeah, also, she's I spent from that season whole. Five. Yeah, I spent that whole bathroom scene in complete disbelief that they had never taught her about hex bags and how to get rid of them. Well... Because she found it right away. Yeah, she did. But I don't think, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously there would have been no, there has been no episode where she dealt with witches, but weren't they supposed to have given her something of a lowdown and a little training? Yeah, I think so. Think. Wouldn't, hey, here's what a hex bag looks like and here's how to destroy it be something you should teach? Right. <laughs> When in doubt, burn it. Yeah. Yeah. Witches only pop up, like, occasionally, though. So maybe they didn't think. But Dean hates them more than he hates, like, any other recurring being. He always gets super cranky when it's witches. They tend to be particularly vicious. They are. Atta girls. (laughs) Uh, Sam and Dean call in the midst of all of this, and Crowley, uh, they, they demand that Crowley stop, and he offers them a deal uh, that they should stop undertaking the trials to close the gates of hell and give him the demon tablet, and he'll stop killing Jody and everyone else they've ever saved. Dean agrees on the condition that they trade the angel tablet for the demon, demon tablet, and Crowley agrees if they say, I surrender. Which they don't do on camera, but apparently, you know, they're, they're meeting up later on, and we, one assumes that Jody is fine. Yeah, that, it's right before the title card. So. Yep. In order to make the deal happen, Kevin digs up the first half of the tablet under where he hid it under a sign depicting the devil. And what was the name of the... Uh, this barbecue joint that the devil was uh, endorsing, Darcy? Dave and Paul's. Dave and Paul's. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know a Dave? I was asking him, who's Dave? <laughs> well, that's probably Dave Tesh, my old buddy from high school, right? Oh, it must be, must be. Sure. Um, 
Kevin puts the ta- tablet house back together and gives it to Sam and Dean. In return, they give him the key to the bunker, telling him to wait there. That's a pretty cool key. This is a- I got... I got a little verklempt that they gave him the key to the bunker. I just thought that was very sweet. Well, he should have been doing the translating work in the bunker all the damn while. He really yeah, should have been. Yeah, why wasn't he? Stick him in a rusty boat. What the hell, guys? <laughs> very nice. Yeah, does Garth know where the bunker is? I can't remember. I don't uh, think so. Because they had put don't. him... In Garth's care. Yeah, it was in Garth's boat. It was in uh, Fizz- Fizzy's Folly. Fizz- Fizzle's Folly. That's right. I don't know. I don't know. At the ruins of the Singer Salvage Yard, Sam shows Crowley the demon tablet to prove he has it, while Crowley shows them the angel tablet. Crowley produces a contract many yards long. And Dean insists on reading every fine detail. As he does, he gets close to Crowley and snaps the handcuffs on him that they found in the bunker. One's covered in spell work that traps Crowley. Um, did y'all know, but did y'all suspect that it was going to be a trick? I didn't. No, I didn't. I thought that... I was worried about Crowley's trick, whatever he had up his sleeve. Yeah, I was thinking it was going to get nasty. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I thought that Crowley was going to try to trick them. I didn't see it coming. I couldn't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I was like, well, something's going to go awry somehow, but I don't remember on which side or when. So, An angel named Nathaniel. Now, I swear this happened in a different order, but okay. An angel named Nathaniel approaches Naomi with the news that one of their freelance operatives has spotted Castiel in Houston, Texas. To Naomi's shock, Nathaniel reveals that Metatron has been spotted with him. Yeah, I think the summary flip-flopped it. Yeah, yeah. Because we see... We see him outside the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Metatron tells Castiel the second trial is to obtain the bow of a Cupid. Metatron has ascertained that Dwight Charles, bartender, will be shot by a Cupid's arrow. He and Metatron start watching Dwight, but Naomi arrives. She orders an ass- angel. <laughs> she orders an angel to kill Castiel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just laughing at Astiel. <laughs> But after the bartender shoots the angel and Metatron tells Castiel to stand down, she just leaves with her henchmen and Metatron. Uh, in the office in heaven, Naomi straps Metatron to a chair despite never having met in person. Metatron recognizes her as the angel that was supposed to debrief him after God left heaven. Naomi tells him that the archangels wanted to know the secrets in his mind and she now wants to know why he came out of hiding and what his plans are. She tortures him and is shocked by what she finds, asking him why he is going with the plan that he is. Metatron tells her that he was elevated to God's scribe and it was incredible, but once he knew God left, the archangels would try... But he knew once God left, the archangels would try to get God's secrets from him. He was forced to flee, and now he says he wants revenge. Uh Uh-huh, all right. 
Yeah, they're an unsettling duo. <laughs> when she's finally they really got him. are. It's like, mm, mm. <laughs> Creepy one and creepy two. You just, like, kind of can't anticipate what they're going to do. Also, I was very distracted by how far outside of her lips Naomi's lipstick was. Uh-huh. I noticed that, too. But since I already had one weird lip comment on this podcast, <laughs> I would keep it to myself. But there are never enough weird lip comments. Every episode that she's in, I'm like, them lips. But yeah. Don't I say don't it understand. again. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, <laughs> just don't say anything. It's uh. I think heaven has not updated its style since sometime in the 80s. Yeah. Sam indeed take Crowley to a small church to undergo the third trial to cure him of being a demon. And I saw on the Supernatural Wiki page that the uh, they, they built this church. In oh, this wow. location. Which I was looking at the location just saying, I want to be there. I mean, I understand whatever state, state this is supposed to be. It's obviously Vancouver, but I, I like it. It looks really neat. It was cute, actually, that I thought of you. I was like, I wonder what she's thinking about this structure and if we have any, like, Yvette trivia on what era that this is, <laughs> this is well, built in. I'm very glad to know that it was built because I couldn't figure it out. I was like, is this, like, from the 90s? Like, when is this church from? I couldn't tell. Yeah. So I'm feeling good about that. It's built for, uh, for you know, a few minutes before they started filming. <laughs> yeah, it was like a weird mishmash. So I was just like, I don't, hmm, what is this? It's a great set. And, and of, they course the, it a, of course, the interior uh, is, a, is a soundstage. It was a great set, though. Yes. It's the background for the season nine promo artwork. Mm-hmm. Which is actually oh. really cool, and I'm posting into the chat just in case anybody wants to see it. It's not. Strange. I'm grateful that they didn't destroy a real historic building. That would have been very sad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen that art all the time. Yeah, I see that art all over the place. I didn't realize that it was a specific uh, location. Oh yeah, there it is. Huh. I cool. <laughs> they secure Crowley in the middle of a devil's trap. Sam needs to confess his sins in order to purify his blood to use on Crowley. He lists a number of things that Sam has done while working, uh, including working with Ruby, killing Lilith, letting Lucifer out, losing his soul, and not looking for Dean when he went to purgatory. Our favorite Winchester argument. <laughs> I mean, ugh, I love Dean, but shut up, glass houses. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, oh, you 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 went you went native and hung out with someone who wasn't really uh, who wasn't really in in the biz and just went and lived with them for a while. Oh wait, uh, I did that too, didn't I? Oh well. I love Dean, but that's like his worst character flaw, I think, sometimes when like yeah. his way of dealing with anxiety is just to get mean. 
he can be a real douchebag. He can. Castiel arrives, telling Dean he needs his help in undertaking his trials. Dean is reluctant to go, but Sam insists he'll be fine. At the bunker, they give the angel tablet to Kevin and ask that he translate it to find out what remaining trials might be. Cass and Dean return to watch Dwight Charles at his bar. They see delivery woman Gail arrive at the bar thinking that she will be the one that Dwight falls in love with. However, she is the Cupid and causes Dwight and his regular customer Rod to fall in love. This is a very cute scene. Yeah, I like this I like couple a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they were so adorable. <laughs> and you can see on the TV that they're watching there's a bow. Yeah, yeah I noticed yeah. that for the first time tonight. That's what, that's <laughs> yeah. what they were saying sweet about. This is some sort of like hunting show or yeah, something. Like a compound bow of some kind for, uh, yeah. So, uh, in 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 other words, uh, when when um, Castiel was asking him earlier on what he was looking for, uh, apparently maybe he thought Castiel was hitting on him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that line was. <laughs> Yeah, that that scene reminded me of being at work. <laughs> Just like it's so early in the morning. <laughs> Why are you making me deal with you? <laughs> uh, outside the bar, Dean and Castiel tell the Cupid they need her bow, which appears as a mark on her hand. She tells them how chaotic Kevin is, and willingly helps them. So, uh, did they take part of her hand or her whole hand? I was wondering that, too. Like, did they cut off? I think they were implying they... they were cutting off her hand. Yeah, okay. Because I, I just watched another show that I don't want to spoil anyone on, but it involved some cutting of tattooed flesh off. Oh. Oh. That's actually what I always thought was going on there. Like, she's an angel. She should be able to heal that. Just skin it off the quickly. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to choose to believe that there was some sort of holy magical way of removing a magical power from her and that no flesh was harmed at all. Uh, were, That's even better. <laughs> they, were holding, they were holding up a blade, however. <laughs> well, yeah. that was because Cass was going to apparently just kill her and take it without trying to talk to her about it first. Yeah. Which is weird, because earlier in the episode, he's the one who told Metatron no killing. Cass got a little manic. Yeah. He does that sometimes. He does. Still misled. Meanwhile, Sam has continued injecting Crowley with his blood at one point. Crowley bites Sam, and when he leaves to get a bandage, Crowley creates a ma- makeshift goblet of blood. Uh, the, uh, what we call the, on this podcast, the rotary dial blood bowl. Mm-hmm. Or making a cake. <laughs> I thought that was actually... <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that was actually really clever the first time I watched it. Like, it wasn't just a vicious bite. It was a plan. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. It was really cool, but I am alarmed that he managed to get that much blood that quickly. <laughs> yeah. That was a big mouthful of blood. 
Well, the human body can be drained of blood in 8.6 seconds given adequate suction. Wow, that's <laughs> great. Wow. <laughs> that is very nice to know. Trivia <laughs> corner. Firefly <laughs> <laughs> quotes. Trivia corner. <laughs> Can't imagine you coming up with that quote. Yeah. That show. Shows. Um, Abaddon arrives, throws Sam through a window, but tells Crowley she's not there to help him, but to take over ruling hell. Which made sense to me. I was I was pretty much when she showed up before she said a thing. I was like, oh, she's. She, she, we'd already heard her say previously that he was, she called him the salesman before yeah. finding out that he was calling himself, calling himself King of Hell. So I, I figured uh, when she arrived on the scene and nobody else was with her, I was like, oh, she's, she's, working, a, she's working a power play here. Yeah, I have no idea what made Crowley think she would ever be there to save him. Well, I mean, what he, was, he wasn't calling Ego. her, but, you know. Yeah. Well, no, but he should have been very, very afraid when she is what came. I think he was, and he was just kind of trying Bluffing. to yes his way out of it. Bravadoing as usual. Yeah. Uh, Sam douses her with holy oil, setting her on fire, and she vacates the body and leaves. Crowley, who is obviously regaining his humanity, tries to bond with Sam, cheerfully declaring that he deserves to be loved. This was so Mark weird. Mark did a really good job in this scene. What was the accent? What was that whole thing? Like, he changed accents, right? That's not just me? No, he did. Was he... Because I think he was quoting girls. Mm-hmm. Was he trying to mimic the way the original speaker of those lines said them? Could be. Maybe. Um, Maybe it was just supposed to be part of the the whole Crowley persona crumbling into something more human that we've never seen before. Crowley is a weird natural. accent. Crowley's <laughs> natural <laughs> accent would be Scottish. Yeah, I was going to say, he should have a Scot- you know, If he was going, reverting to his previous accent, it would be Scottish to begin with. Yeah. yeah. And I was wondering if he was like... <sighs> spouting out a speech from Band of Brothers since he references that, but it doesn't look like... No, he, he moves on to girls and he, that's it's supposed to be girls. Exactly, that's what I'm like, I, I don't get it. I guess I'm grateful that he wasn't doing a high-pitched voice. Yeah, yeah, a feminized, <laughs> a feminized, a feminized voice. voice. All the women in Scott Sigler's uh, voice novels. <laughs> uh, Naomi appears on Earth near where Castiel and Dean are talking on the phone to Kevin who has been examining the angel tablet he cannot find any mention of the trials Castiel has already undertaken Castiel angrily confronts Naomi with his angel blade but Naomi insists that she's just there to talk not fight and Dean gets Castiel to hear her out. Naomi reveals what she learned from Metatron. As revenge for his expulsion from heaven, he is using Castiel to expel all angels permanently, not close the gates of heaven. Yeah, so it's a fine distinction, really, though, isn't it? I mean, 
Either way, the gates are closing, right? Is that what's going on? Yeah. Except for... No. No? The gates don't close. He just makes all the angels human. Oh. The angels are expelled from heaven and theoretically cannot go back. So in theory, but this is... other. I mean, they... He can still go back and forth, like they. Yeah. So the Metatron's yeah. up there going back and forth, and 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 all of the souls are are still all the souls that deserve to be in heaven are still going to heaven. Uh, with Metatron, I believe so. Yes. He's just kicking out the. Re- the he's angels. trying to kick out the residents. And God's apparently not around. Uh, no word on on, uh, on the big G, the big the big J. <laughs> haven't heard anything on him yet. Uh, that is true. The big G has left the building, but the big J, who knows? So, um, Booger is a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Least, <laughs> Dirty Booger. At least he's got bad bad motivations for this particular case. So. Did y'all see that better. coming? Because I didn't at all. I mean, I don't think I did. No. I mean, in in terms of heaven, it's all kind of shades of gray in terms of who's bad. I mean, is, is Naomi the bad guys or the good guys? Is Metatron the good guys, the bad guys? Castiel's been the bad guy up there. Before. Yeah. So, but, uh, in terms of our, in terms of our protagonists and Castiel, probably Metatron's the bad guy. Naomi's probably still the bad guy too. He was walking a very curious line, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Since he he's such an oddball, when you meet him, you're like, hmm, okay. It's the the the, the trials that he, that uh, Castile was undertaking really felt like like too dark for what they were trying to do too, in terms of what the what the idea was. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It seemed like the, and like. When you go back and think about how cash he was being, he was like, hey, meet me for lunch. P.S. Kill our server. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe there were, maybe there were uh, signals, red flags that could have been caught. I don't know. Definitely seemed, pretty, like I said, dark. The trials were dark. Castiel doesn't believe her, but Naomi insists it's true. She expresses regret for all her actions, crying, and tells Castiel and Dean that the angels were meant to protect humanity, and somewhere along the line they lost sight of all of that. Uh, Naomi, reminding Dean she could, she told him he could trust her, tells him that, that while she wants him to close the gates of hell, she is learning that doing so will kill Sam, that God intended for the person closing the gates to have to make the ultimate sacrifice. Naomi tells Castiel that if he wishes to return to heaven, she is now willing to hear him out and disappears. Castiel doesn't believe her, claims, and Kevin Tran is unable to back them up with the angel tablet, but Dean does and has Castiel take him to Sam. Okay, I have another question. How did Naomi know this? Didn't she not know what was on either tablet? She was in Metatron's head yeah, earlier. Oh, right. Okay, thank you. Yes. Yeah. She drilled into his uh, heavenly eye socket. 
I think it was more his temple. He was bleeding from his eye, but I'm not sure why that was. Right. That was a great effect, though. It was. Mm-hmm. Really icky. Super Made great. him look super creepy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, of course, he is. It does... Uh... It doesn't mention when Castiel gets up to heaven, but uh, it does mention it. But it doesn't mention that uh, Naomi has the uh, the drill uh, unceremoniously in her head. Uh, she appears to be done. Oh yes. Yes, it doesn't mention that. But uh, whether she was a good guy or a bad guy is, I guess, moot point at this point. Yeah, is it ever really truly a moot point? <laughs> Grace from him, telling him it's the final part of a spell that will achieve what Naomi described. She sends Cass back to Earth and completes the spell. Rude. Oh my gosh, we totally skipped over the other Crowley scene. Have we? Wait, walk us through it. The the whole, but it's uh, seems like it's immediate. Maybe it's immediately after the girls' reference, like. I don't remember. Um, I think there's a commercial break and then um, you come back and he's actually really serious. And he's like, uh, yeah. yeah, he asks Sam, oh, how, yeah. how would you even begin, you know, with my history to seek forgiveness? And to me, um, I, I find it strange that that was, you know, sort of excluded from the, the wiki entry because yeah. that's the best scene in this episode to me. Like Mark yeah. just, killed it and made oh, me yeah. believe it and makes me cry every single time I watch it. And that That's whole so concept it, you know, is five seasons of a completely different show. <laughs> like, That's true. how do I atone yeah. for all of these past indiscretions? I would watch that show. Yeah, I, I think this episode has like some of the best writing that we've seen since season five. But yeah. we can get to that yeah. later. It's going back to like cool mythology is why. Instead mm-hmm. of black goo and dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, season seven. <sighs> Dean arrives just as Sam is about to complete the ritual and begs him to stop, warning it will kill him. Sam is nonplussed. Nonplussed? Wow, you don't hear that very often. Sam is nonplussed and tells Dean that the sins he confessed earlier were of all the times he had let Dean down. He fears that if he does it again, Dean will turn to someone else, an angel like Cass or a vampire like Benny, for support. Dean is passionate in disavowing this. Wow, they're really getting flowery at their language at the end here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you dare think that there... Sorry, uh, hopefully, hopefully this isn't anybody's quote. Don't you dare think there is anything past or present that I would put in front of you, he says. Sam says he feels consumed by the trial, and Dean holds him, telling him to let it go. The feeling seems to abate, but suddenly Sam is struck by pain. Dean carries him outside, and they collapse on the ground near the Impala above the sky are what look like thousands of falling stars, which are the angels falling. And that's the season. Yep. The angels falling seems like a really cool idea. Better than the Leviathan. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I went to dinner last night with um, two friends, and I didn't, like, we've never discussed Supernatural before. It's never come up. But then we started talking about TV shows that we quit on, and my friend was like, yeah, I quit, like, halfway through that Leviathan season, and I was like, girl, you're lucky. <laughs> that season was not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, so it's a cool effect. Oh, for once. yeah. You know? Yeah, they did a really good job on that effect. Yeah, they got some detail of the one that was falling and the, the, the wings kind of burning off, and it was really neat. Yeah, it was a nice setting for um, for the finale. This is still my favorite season finale in Supernatural because just the the angels falling. It's it's just so like epic, and there's so much scope, and it's just it's chilling, and it's to me it's just awesome in the you know, true sense of the word, and I just I love it. It's my favorite one. There was a lot of twists and turns, which I really enjoyed. Like, I didn't expect a lot of what happened, and I really appreciated that. I really liked this one, too. Well, at this point, we're trying to decide, um, and then maybe finding out some uh, stats on the whole season, but we're trying to find out uh, who wins this episode, Sam or Dean or neither. This is a bit of a confounding one. I'm going to go with Metatron. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Got I got a neither. almost everything he wanted. Much did yeah. The only thing that could have pleased him more is if they had gone through with closing the gates of hell. And even that, I think, was fairly incidental to him. Yeah, once he's the only one coming and going out of heaven, or besides the souls coming in, uh, it really doesn't matter too much what happens with the, with the gates of hell. I guess I could also say neither. Yeah, I'd be a neither. Uh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I'm also at a neither. <laughs> I have a feeling it might be a neither season, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, nobody wins this. <laughs> I am going to spoil all of you and let you know that it is a neither season. We didn't have a clear winner in all season long. Yeah. Who won season seven? Is that in front of you? Yeah. Hold on. Let me just get to the other sheet on this spreadsheet. I want to say that do, one do, 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 is neither do. too. Boop, 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 vamping while I look it up. Um, okay. It was a t- Yeah, it was neither. Sam five, Dean seven, tie for the rest. Wow. Yeah. Well, I will say I did appreciate um, during this whole like Winchester off <laughs> at the end of this, <laughs> like you know when they have like the whole serious bro moments. Um, this was one of the times I actually believed them both. Um, I don't feel like they're always convincing as performers or as the characters themselves saying what they mean. Mm-hmm. 
But this time I really felt like, oh, there's some, you know, they're sincere about this. Like Dean is being honest and apologetic and supportive. And Sam is being open about how inadequate he feels. And like, it, yeah. it just seems like more of a breakthrough moment um, in terms of how many times we've seen them go through something similar and you're just like, whatever, like you don't really think it's going to stick. But this time I was like, all right, so we're ending the season with both of them still on earth. They don't hate each other. <laughs> like <laughs> nice, nice catharsis. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, Sam is a little sick, but like they're both relatively healthy considering there are no like visible mortal wounds or gaping anything. They're in the same state. Like yeah. <laughs> and I, both, I don't so. know what the concept I mean. I'm curious uh, to the consequence on Earth of all of the angels falling. I don't. I, I can see that there would be consequence with heaven, perhaps, but uh, I'm not sure what the difference is. I mean, I'm curious what that. What you know? Obviously, the the uh, experts will say uh, wait and see or no comment. But uh, I'm curious what 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 consequence could there be of all of those angels falling to Earth? Yeah. Than having a whole bunch of uh, confused and fairly naive people walking around if they're all like. Uh, this is the part where we get to uh, share some of our favorite quotes if we wish yeah Megan I'm sure you have some written down yeah I'm going through my notes trying to figure (laughs) guest traditionally gets the first shot so uh... um So I like Cass asking Metatron what God was like. Larger than life, rough, bit of a sexist, but fair, imminently fair. <laughs> oh, Way to walk that one back, dude. <laughs> also, my absolute favorite quote was Crowley singing David Bowie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you say that you're uh, looking for a partner in crime or uh, someone who's into nervous role play and light, light, light domination? <laughs> Brother, it's 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> that was my favorite part of that whole quote. Just being like, oh, God, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked um, when Abaddon comes into the church. She says, hello, boys. And Crowley says, that's my line. (laughs) I'll go with, uh, I should have mentioned this six months ago, but the sports metaphors, you want to motivate me? Magic the Gathering, Skyrim, Aziz Ansari. (laughs) What? I don't know what those words mean. (laughs) I also liked, uh, you know what I find most shocking about time traveling through a closet and landing in the year 2013? Somebody thought it was a good idea to make you the king of hell. (laughs) Then my final one. Oh, oops, sorry. I was going to say you got to give props to the fourth wall break. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Also. Drinking on the job. 
Show <laughs> <laughs> you've been watching. Show you've been watching. <laughs> Which was funny because I this time through earlier in the episode. I can't remember exactly what was going on, but it was like it was something with Sam and Dean and Crowley. And I sort of yelled out loud, don't any of you watch your own show? Because they were about to like make the same stupid mistake again. Yeah. And then shortly thereafter, like, oh, Dean does watch his show. <laughs> yeah. Also, like that. that Abaddon quote gave you the year that this, like the year in the show that that episode yeah. was based in for your calculations, because I know you were calculating yeah. a few episodes back. Oh, wait, what's the year? I didn't even notice. So, Abaddon's got it. closet, yeah, and landed That's in right, 2013. Got it, got it. So you can nail yeah. it so in there. So there may have been... Her first episode was in 2013 yeah. in Showtime. Okay. Cool. Also, Dean tells Kevin, no keggers. And Kevin says, I don't have any friends. Oh, we're so sad. Which is so sad because it's true. It is. His girlfriend was a demon. Crowley killed her. But he may or may not get to go back to being a mathlete. Is he 18 yet at this point or is he still 17? Do we have, like... Oh, I can't remember. I know he was 17 when they first picked him up. I'd imagine he's 18 by now. I mean, his girlfriend ended up in her uh, in her, uh, her fallback school. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. But still not old enough to drink, though he attempted to pour himself one. Oh, he's been through enough. He has. <laughs> You can have one. Um, I thought it was... Well, this is not a quote, so I'll save it for when we talk about other stuff. Uh, we do have the feedback section next, then, if, we're, if we are done with quotes. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Nutty says, I love any time Jody is on, but I got so scared for her in this one. I kind of love Crowley getting cured, but I think everyone would have been better off if Sam finished the trials. Death and all. Pulling back was a stupid move. Also, why are demon trials so much harder than the angel trials? Like, did God want the gates closed but not want hell closed? What's everyone's thoughts on Metatron now and the angels falling is an iconic supernatural scene? Uh, I'm still a booger fan. I don't dislike... <laughs> the, the trial. Well, I mean, they, obviously, the trials. You know, they weren't doing the angel trials. Uh, they were doing, you know, some trials that were, you know, associated with the angel tablet, sort of. But they weren't the ones that they thought they were doing. Yeah. Well, because the demon trials are actually trials, and the so-called angel trials are actually ingredients spell for a ingredients, spell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Metatron. I. I mean, I. I, I still like him, and I'm, I'm hoping that. Uh, I'm hoping that he's. It looks like he's going to be a big bad next season. Of course, uh, that other season, it looked like Castiel was going to be the big bad for the season, and he uh, ended up uh, blowing up in the water in a big puddle of black goo. But wait, okay, so they 
they did manage like all the angels have fallen right to earth. So they're no longer angels. Right. So that means Castiel and Boogertron and Naomi, if she's still alive and whoever else are just humans. Right. Boogertron was, was the one who (laughs) cast the spell. So he's still up there. No way. I think he totally would have also fallen to earth with the rest of them. I don't think so. Cause he's the one who's orchestrating all of it. Yeah, I think he cast the spell specifically to be the only one up there. Yeah, right, he worked the spell. I'm pretty sure he exempted himself from the spell. Also, what do you think? Uh, what do you think it means now that Castiel doesn't have a grace? Because that's the fi- that was the final ingredient of the spell. It's yeah, I don't know. I mean, because uh, with uh, the only other uh, fallen angel that we've seen without their grace was Anna, and she was totally confused about who she even was. Ooh, good callback. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Impressive. She, she pretty much lost her identity when she lost her grace. So I don't know if that's how it works with all of these. I don't know whether all these angels that have fallen have any clue who they are, whether Castiel knows who he is. And, and these, all these angels that have fallen, have they all lost their grace also? Or are they, I mean, is that part of the, them being ejected from heaven, is losing all of them losing their grace? I guess we're going to find out. <laughs> that is a very good observation. Uh, meanwhile, Simone also tells us, uh, oh, it's all about those angels falling. Shite's about to get real, you guys. Oh, Sammy. <laughs> Brownie face. That Crowley stuff is great, too. I I didn't give her time to give us epic feedback, uh, apparently. <laughs> Sorry for that, Simone. It was, it, was, it was about a 24-hour lead time on it. Uh, yeah. Still, thank you. But thank you, Simone. I know. Yeah. Simone and yeah, Eddie, both of you. Um, yeah. So what'd you think? Yeah, this is, this <laughs> you is, made it through. This is the ratings part. Let's do it. Let's rate this thing. Real quickly before we do the ratings. Yes. How cool was it when the bunker came back to life? Oh, right. Oh, gosh. I forgot about that. Angels started falling and the whole bunker just started lighting up and the map table lit up and... All these things they don't know how to work. Yeah. Or what they do. All those buttons that need to be pushed. (laughs) I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Apparently, they're uh, sensitive to uh, extreme supernatural activity. Perhaps during the uh, during the uh, uh, raising of Lucifer, they were probably doing that in the dark, in the middle of that, you know, closed down bunker at the time. All alone, beeping their warnings to nobody. Yeah. All alone. All right, ratings. <laughs> Do it. I'll go first. Okay. All right. I really liked this. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I was riveted the whole time. I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 black goo and dick jokes. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think... On the whole, and I don't know if it's uh, if it if it would be a popular opinion or not, but it's mine. 
Uh, on the whole, I didn't think that the whole season itself had a lot of meat in it. I really, I, I, I turned to Darcy at some point during these last few episodes and just kind of said, what happened of consequence this season? <laughs> and I couldn't really, I mean, on, you know, the trials aside, I couldn't really come up with much. So, but, but I can't, I can't rate this episode against that. So, uh. I really thought that they really, you know, a lot of things were, were clicking into place and things were happening and there was uh, there were double crosses and Naomi apparently uh, had a change of heart and decided that she was on the side of good and all of that. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, 8.5 out of 10 sweet compound bows. <laughs> it was good. There was a lot that, that happened. There was good action, there were some nice little twists that I didn't expect, uh, so yeah, it, was a good, it was a good wrap up for the season, I thought, uh, again, like what Paul said, it, what did happen this season, this did, at least this happened, so I'm going to give it um, 8 out of 10 golden arms. Because Sam had two golden arms? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what you call your sewing arm? That's what I call my sewing arm. <laughs> when the kids go and yank on it, it hurts. I'm like, no, mom's golden arm, don't pull on it. We won't be able to make any more money. Um, I'll also give it eight and a half out of ten. I was, I couldn't, I can't decide whether or not I want it to be eight and a half or nine, but I think I'll stick with eight and a half. It's nice to feel like there's some true direction going on. Because I agree with you, Paul, when, you, when you're thinking about this season, it's like, what season is that again? Like, oh, is that the Leviathan season? No. Like, what actually kind of happened here? Um, so I'm, I'm glad that it's going somewhere. You need a rating system. Um, eight and a half HBO shows out of ten. <laughs> All those motels you never once watch HBO. I know he was so so disturbed by that. Um, I really like this one. I like that it is kind of a return to the basic mythology of the show. Um. And it obviously sets up something really complicated and interesting, like what what becomes of all of these fallen angels. Um, so I will go nine out of ten Bowie serenades. Very nice. Annie. Um, I absolutely love this episode, but... Um, well... I have nothing bad to say about this episode, and I missed the last couple because I had some really crazy stuff going on. But it see, from memory, I didn't actually watch those episodes. It's always sort of felt to me like a lot of the stuff that was, you know, fit into the last two episodes, um, with you know, finding the scribe and and clip show and all that stuff. Like if they had spread that out a little more over the rest of the season. <laughs> And we had had fewer episodes about witches having affairs with their familiars and, you know, whatever weird stuff went on. 
like it would have been a much better season. It sort of, you know, uh, took a while to finally get it to the point. But when that happened, like this episode really, really nails the point. Um, like it just, I, I think it's a really, really solid episode. It's got incredible performances uh, from Mark Shepard and Jensen and Jared. Also, really knocked, you know, knocked their big scene out of the park. And then there's that whole um, angel falling thing, which is just iconic and epic and amazing. Um, so, uh, I'm going to give it, because I really, really love it, a 10 out of 10 uh, ways to motivate a prophet. <laughs> you know what? I'll upgrade to a 9. You sold me. Your pressure. <laughs> All right. Um, that gives this episode an 8.92 out of 10, which is very good. It would give this season a 6.4. So, hey, yes. Megan, thank you so much for joining us. It was a great addition having you on. Yeah. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Uh, we're, well, well, we'll be glad to have you back at any time as well. Uh, we'll be uh, putting up a... I suppose we should have uh, already formulated our, uh, our uh, season structure for next season, but we'll, we'll get that going on pretty soon. Yeah, well, I mean, I can tell you all the title of Season 9, Episode 1. Oh, that is our Okay. It is called I Think I'm Gonna Like It Here. Okay. Going off mm. with the Annie reference. <laughs> Starting off yeah. with the Annie reference. Um, cool. I'm excited. Will there be tap dancing? Maybe. Should be. Maybe. Could be. Um, all right. Well, by the time you hear this, you'll probably we will have already had a. Uh, a uh, List of episodes out, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll have that all decided. So, yeah, but, please do Paul's survey yes, about we'll, show notes, everyone. We'll do the survey; it's still semi inconclusive, although it's leaning it's leaning in a particular direction. And uh, I don't, I, I'm not rooting for any particular direction. I just want to kind of get the answers. So, uh, I will uh, I will reveal all at some point. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so until that time that we discuss, I think I'm going to like it here. Uh, that'll be uh, everything from us. So we'll say happy hunting. Bye. Happy hunting. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Idgitcast from quadruplez.com. Join the discussion at facebook.com slash We would love to hear from you. You can email us or send in an MP3 voice message. Please use the episode title as your subject line to help protect our newbies from spoilers. Our email address is idgitcastpodcast at gmail.com. The opening theme for Idgitcast is by Borrowed Trouble. You can find the band at borrowedtrouble.com. The lyrics and vocals are by Idgitcast founder Allie Jones, who you can learn all about by visiting imthewonderband.com. The closing music you are listening to, even as I speak, is Too Good, written and performed by Jack Mangan, and is used by his generous permission. You can find other music, writings, and discussions by Jack, as well as archives of his own deadpan podcast at jackmangan.com. You may wish to know more about the hosts of this show. Yvette can be heard as one of the hosts of Investigating Mars, a completed introcast about the TV series Veronica Mars, also available from quadruplez.com. And now, 
Yvette will tell you all about select movies from the Lifetime Network. Find out before you watch what movies have all the best people, who are the worst, who is killing who, and most of all, what, if anything, makes sense. Yvette presents this trove of information at moviesofalifetime.com. Annie works as Global Coordinator for Can't Stop the Serenity, a worldwide series of screenings of Joss Whedon's Serenity benefiting Equality Now. For more information on Can't Stop the Serenity, including event listings and how to host your own event, visit can'tstoptheserenity.com. Bianca doesn't currently have projects available for you to find online, but all of us at Idgicast encourage you to have a visit to your local public library. Darcy and I can also be heard on the Ghostlight Podcast, a completed intro cast for the television series Slings and Arrows. Slings and Arrows is on the Encore Plus YouTube channel, and you can hear our thoughts on the series on the Ghostlight Podcast at quadruplez.com. Oh.